Hey, audio listener, you know there's video, right? Now, I, I get it. Some of you are on the road, so you have to download this, take it with you on a plane. Some of you read through Braille, so this is your only option. But for other people, there are exclusive sketches and visual elements. This is a night, nightly show uh, over there on YouTube or for Mug Club members. Lottowithcredit.com slash Mug Club. The show is daily beyond the clips that you just get on YouTube or here on iTunes. It's $99 for the year, $69 annually. We can only keep growing and uh, and spearheading the movement if you guys sign up. Lottowithcredit.com slash Mug Club. But I get it. You're an audio-only guy or gal. There is no changing your mind. Enjoy the show. Louder with Crowder Studios. Protected exclusively by Walther. And Hopper. Well, she joined the highest court somewhere back in the Triassic. This pocket-sized old lady who her friends call RDG. Some say she's a hunk of junk. Others say that she's a classic. Tell me. Is she hiding up in Thailand or exploring Argentina? She seems way too important for the world to up and lose. Is she coasting Abidjan? Maybe she's perusing Lima. Tell me. Might be roaming Italy, she could be rocking in Slovakia Might be holding up New Zealand, cause she thinks it's Middle Earth Will she soon turn up in Greenland, is she based somewhere in Turkey? Tell me Es el mes de junio, lo cual marca la cuarta celebración del mes de apropiación cultural de Louder with Crowder. Vamos a la utopia socialista de Venezuela. No parce, eso fue un desastre, genial hijo de puta. Vamos a tratar esto otra vez. Los vamos a llevar alrededor del planeta para apreciar las buenas culturas que el mundo nos ofrece. Esta semana vamos a hacer subidas al país más veraco maricas. El vecino no socialista al este, el único país de Colombia, papa. Y acuérdense que apropiar es apreciar maricas. Welcome back to Cultural Appropriation Month. Yeah. All right. Next week is our last week of Cultural Appropriation Month. We are going to be doing a full live stream of the debates. America, the United States for the first time. Uh, Today we have Senator Ted Cruz on the program. I would feel weird without the full actual intro. Uh, In third chair today, my half-Asian lawyer, Bill Richmond. You may refer to me as General Guillermo. I will oh, refer. Guillermo. I don't even know if that's a, if that's a Colombian name. Yeah, Quarter Black Garrett. No. Uh, there's Black Omar. What is up? Uh, good for you. That's terrible. Yes. And uh, G. Morgan Jr. What's the wine of the day? The wine of the day is Leviathan. <laughs> 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 I hate everyone oh, right but now. But no, this wine is so expensive. <laughs> He's very special. It's very good for me. I'm the highest paid on the comedy set. 
Uh, uh, I don't know. I assume everyone in Columbia looks that way. Uh, By the way, we have to get to some fast facts of Columbia really quickly. A little known fact, because to appropriate is to appreciate. By law, all households in Columbia must have a picture of Jesus slightly smaller than that of their picture of Pablo Escobar. Uh There's a mural in tribute to actor Corey Haim, whose cocaine use singularly kept the Colombian economy afloat (laughs) in the 1980s. That's sad. And President Marquez issued a formal release stating that contrary to popular belief, Shakira's sacroiliac joint did in fact fail a polygraph exam. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Question of the day. We have to get through all of these. Uh, We're going to be talking about John Oliver's recent video, rebutting his uh, video, talking about impeachment. Do you think Trump should be impeached? Okay, nay. I know how you're going to (laughs) answer. No. How likely do you think it is that he actually gets impeached? And do you think that if the impeachment proceedings begin, it'll affect 2020? Let me know. Uh, We'll be getting into that quite a bit. It's paper thin, the impeachment. When it's a slow news week, when we're still... The topic of news with the Vox. You're like, man, nothing must have happened. It really isn't happening right now. You guys chose poorly. All right. So in other news, uh, we start in uh, uh, Australia, where uh, younger generations are apparently now growing horns in the back of their head. (laughs) What? Yeah. It's a medical anomaly. This comes from the New Zealand Herald. Uh, The youngsters seem to be developing horns due to the extended use of technology like smartphones and tablets. They're using different technology. Yes. Yeah, that is not the same. (laughs) That's not the same. When when reached for comment, uh, Vice President Joe Biden asked that the youngsters are horny. I come from a Trip was cut short when he was forcibly oh. removed uh, by security from a Wiggles concert. Oh, um, oh my gosh. That, that actually could be a good like Joe Biden defense mechanism, like a horn in the back of your head. You could just pop yeah, that. Just give one of these. It's Seriously. like a reverse triceratops. <laughs> exactly, see? My F.A. Blair looks immensely uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I have to roll into court on Monday. I am Guillermo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's not here. We respect you, mate. I am, uh, uh, I don't know. Speaking of presidential candidate, I think the next story is about, yeah, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Oh, uh, Pete Buttigieg claimed that it's almost Super certain easy. we've had gay presidents. He said, oh. we've probably had excellent presidents who were gay. We just didn't know which ones. Statistically, it's almost certain. What? And, of course, this Hold set on, off on. all kinds of speculation as to who uh, might be amongst them. Though all signs point to Howard Taft. We're not going to lie. It oh. seems as... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> listening on the audio version, <laughs> you're probably listening as uncomfortable as my half-Asian lawyer, Bill Wishman. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, you were at say some, what stylist? Uh, uh, but three point nine percent, really? That's the number of gay men. Three point nine. It's almost statistically certain when three point nine percent historically are gay. That's not. That's not uh, at all wasn't, true. Uh, wasn't uh, uh, Hoover? Was he? Uh, was it? Wait, no. Was it Hoover? Desde the FBI. Which Hoover was? Chino culicado, me encontraba enamorado con la maravilla que es el café, el aroma rico, el color vecho, el sabor de las montañas. Por eso estoy tan feliz. Mi novia fortuna es conseguir esta jarro para tomar de Mug Club. Okay. Well. Esto es oh, como oh, oh, el no, café su sapoña de ser saboreado. Un British para ti, Mug Club. I wish I loved anything mm. as much as Juan Valdez oh, loves yeah. Mug Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. It's actually good. It brings a tear to my eye. It heart. does. Passionate. It does. Another news of Alyssa Milano. Before we get to impeachment, that's what you're here for. Uh, Alyssa Milano, <laughs> Senator Ted Cruz, after that, created a shoot location tool. Have you seen this? It's a, it's a oh, map oh for gosh. filmmakers that lists the status of abortion legislation in all 50 states. Uh, the survey oh, is meant Lord. to help actors, producers, directors, and studios decide where it is safe for women to work. So you know what? Let's, let's take what? a look here at Milano's map. 
Taking a look at Milano's map, the first problematic area is Georgia, whose tax breaks have benefited many in the film industry. However, Georgia also passed what some call harsh abortion restrictions, though not nearly as harsh as in nearby Alabama. Not to be outdone, the Ohio Film Commission needs to wrestle with the Buckeye State's recent abortion limits in order for women to feel safe working there, which leaves women with the only remaining option in Hollywood, where they can be raped for days on end without mercy. You know, oh. I shouldn't. You, I you should have seen that coming, really. I really should have, especially yeah. since I was the one who recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised yourself. You saw it coming. Not sure how. Swish, I forgot. <laughs> have you been I doing the cocaine that's on your desk? Sometimes today? I just see the stuff that we work on throughout the week, and I'm disgusted with myself. <laughs> You're like, who wrote the? Oh, I did that, didn't I? I demonetize me. me. All right, switching gears. Uh, psychology Today. Now they they want to know if uh, trans. They're studying whether trans people are excluded from the world of dating. Huh. This is actually one of their studies that said 87% of heteros were only interested in other cisgender heteros, while only 3% of cis heteros were willing to date a transgender, more commonly referred to as gay. <laughs> With the remaining 10% confused by the question as they masturbated furiously under the table. There's still 10%. Oh my gosh. There are 10% of the people that are just sense. not accounted for. What is the remaining 10% in this study? They said yuck on the on the deal. And look, I understand the comment that I'm about to make. The irony is not lost on me. It's not normal for a guy to dress up as a woman, okay? Like, for you to I think mean, that that's a I normal like that thing. But hold on. Uh, bringing it to like, our culture. I, I just, I, you know, I just want to make sure I represent Columbia well. But that's you not don't. something normal you that a guy like. <laughs> you don't. I look at these don't. things. How do y'all I'm operate with these things? I'm fairly certain you're only representing Wisconsin right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I hate uh, literally all of you. I think I'm scarred. Oh, I'm pretty sure all of bit. us literally hate you. In international oh. news, uh, Israel renamed a Golan Heights settlement after Donald. Are you okay? Oh, <laughs> you would make a terrible woman. I would. Uh, yes. Eddie Murphy wouldn't you. pick you up in a million years. Oh. This comes from Sky News. They named a settlement after Donald Trump. From Sky News, uh, Netanyahu's cabinet has agreed to rename the community Ramat Trump, Hebrew for Trump Heights, Boom. hoping this will encourage more Israelis to move over there. And, and not to be outdone, Palestinian President uh, Mahmoud Abbas countered by naming an area of Gaza after Congresswoman Ilan Omar, tentatively called Plowed by My Brother. That's the name of the city <laughs> because she had relations you don't have to finish. with her brother. <laughs> Is that why? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we were clear. You can take the congresswoman out of Alabama, but not the Alabama out of the congresswoman? I mean, no, come on. I it's guess. okay to have sex with your what? brother, she's from, she's from Minnesota. I know, I know. I'm incredibly confused. Finally, uh, actor John Cusack You're the 10%. Uh, was forced to apologize for retweeting an anti-Semitic <laughs> meme. So, he, 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 do we have that? Can we, did people see that? You're yeah, people listening? Yeah, this is the, look at the actual meme that, yeah, he... he, he Tweeted. He, he actually quote wow. retweeted the meme, uh, adding the words "follow the money." And then what's funny oh, is no. then afterwards he tried to reverse course while apologizing, made the excuse that quote a bot got me. <laughs> yes, oh. a bot took control <laughs> yeah. of John Cusack's of course Twitter. That's because it found it. And if you get raped by a pack of, it'll be your fault. All right? <laughs> no, not all right. <laughs> That's not cool, man. That's wow. Awesome. Cool. Oh my gosh! But his point was, you know, follow money. The, the quote that he had in there was basically the people, um, uh, the people that you can't make fun of. Oh, oh wow! Wow! Do we have uh, a? Yeah, we have the uh, the we have yeah. the uh, Twitter winners. The uh, well, we do. Let's do that. Let's there go you there. go. Quarter black hair. Do your job. Wow. <laughs> All right. Okay. Look, it's Rebecca Pat. Oh, oh, for identifying oh. Skylar. Oh, okay. There, I, she's what? she's for, a little. For, uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, I, I, I don't. 
Oh man, is she, is she okay? This, this first segment is so Twi- long. Twi- <laughs> <laughs> All right, trivia All right, let's, winner, Rebecca right, Patterson. Get the I did not know the overlays were gonna go that crazy. Oh no! Oh, All, right. All right, too cute. It's getting a little, a little out there. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I, Quarter black hair. Who won last week's trivia contest? Rebecca. Wow. Rebecca Patterson. Oh, for identifying Skylar Turton as the host <laughs> of Devil's Advocate. That's right. And by the way, next week we're going to be announcing the uh, the winners of uh, yes. the cultural appropriation ah. costume contest. Again, live stream debates Thursday, but we do have Tweet some in the running right now. Yep. We got we got one pack rat. Okay, that's a oh, weird okay. username. There you go. And uh, Brett Stubbs. Wow, those are incredibly costume? offensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just a Tuesday outfit. I should be ashamed that we've been spreading this. All right, I'm so sorry. Uh, we're gonna move, again. Question of the day: Do you think Donald Trump should be impeached? <laughs> do you think he will be impeached? What's the over under? Uh, right. John Oliver has made a video about this. A video. He did a show about it, and he did this yeah. whole segment. And they always get they always go viral. And I, I don't entirely understand. I think I he's funny, either. but these segments aren't great. So let's just use it as, as a springboard here to get into impeachment and what that would look like, what would be required, and why it makes very little sense. Um, let's see how strong the case is. We have a first yeah. clip here from yeah. John Oliver talking about impeachment. We're going to focus on something getting talked about a lot these days, impeachment. Ever since this president got elected, people have been dying to see him impeached. Not everyone. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say everybody That would show them. the blind spot. And by the way, before we get started, I got to say, John Oliver really good at taking what should be a three-minute segment <laughs> and stretching it out to yes. 20 minutes. Just a mind-numbing on and on 20 and on minutes. And on and on yeah. without any points, without any other undergirding sources. And honestly, I will say this, for all of our criticism uh, of, of Vox, at least they just make up sources. Yeah. <laughs> at least they, they, put they a, give it a shot. They put a little time <laughs> and effort into it. Yeah. They try. They, they, they just... They try to lie. Yeah. yeah sure. His basic premise, though, is Trump is so bad, everything that I'm about to say is true. Right. Yeah. That's what he's trying. He's trying to set you up you for... You don't need proof. You don't need proof. This is all true. Trust me. And it starts from a... She start, kind of starts schoolhouse rocking it to educate people <laughs> on what impeachment actually is. And Half Asian Bill, that's a big reason you're here today, because I think this is right in your wheelhouse. But let's go to his, uh, his, his next clip, John Oliver. They think that you get impeached, you're gone. And that is completely not true. It's not the means oh. to the end that people think. All you do, vote to impeach, bye-bye, birdie. <laughs> it isn't that. I don't understand. Why oh are they gosh. laughing? She just named the title that. of a film. <laughs> no, no, bye-bye, laugh- birdie? They're laughing at her, guys. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She is. In the heat of the night. <laughs> That's a great show. Take that is that a show? Applause? Yeah, I know it's a film, Sidney Poitier. There's a show now? Yeah, you did the show. It was, the show. It, was, it was like early morning, you know? Like you didn't have cable, you had to watch that and that locks. I didn't mean to spoil your whole day like that. Uh, <laughs> you screwed it all up. But there, here's man. the thing. She's she's right. She's absolutely yes. correct here. Yeah. And John Oliver later goes on to admit that, but uh, all right, like, again, I guess a paper thin <laughs> twenty minute segment we're going, is there anything here? Yeah, here's the closest they kinda come. Here is how the impeachment process works. Thank Typically, you. it begins right. uh, with an inquiry in the House of Representatives, inquiry. during which a committee investigates and holds hearings into a president's conduct. And, and okay. if Very a majority true. decides they found impeachable offenses, they vote to impeach. But Correct. that is not the end. That merely right. moves the process to the Senate, where a trial is held. And the president is only removed from office if a two-thirds majority votes for that. So. What is the case hmm. for putting this president through that process? Next, teach us about conjunctions and their functions. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Please. You're bringing up bad memories. But it's true. You do have to have the votes in the House. But here's yeah. people, Democrats, notably Pelosi, arguably the most powerful Democrat in the, in the party, One they don't say. support it. No. And you don't just need a majority. Like I said, you need two-thirds majority in the Senate where Republicans have a majority. 
They know it's a fool's yeah. errand. That's why they don't support it. They know that all that's going to happen, it's going to piss off the American people and stir them up to go out to the polls again. Well, it's like putting forward the Green New Deal, the five-page exactly. Green New Deal, and then the no well one votes on it. Because they know yeah. no one is going to say, oh, wait, hold on a second. In this this proposed bill, it's uh, replace all infrastructure, all fossil fuels, uh, uh, and uh, oh, wait, that's right, all social justice tacked into an environmental bill. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Same yeah, we're not going to vote on this. No. <laughs> No. By the way, Doesn't hit the notification bell because apparently uh, subscriptions don't mean anything. Join up at Mug Club. We appreciate it. Everyone who has. And uh, yeah. iTunes for those who have not uh, not yet subscribed yeah. on iTunes. Uh, everything he said uh, sounds well, correct. Quick, quick. So he's right. So, I mean, it, you have to analogize it to like maybe the criminals, the criminal sphere where you have a grand jury. The prosecutor goes in front of a jury, decides, yeah. can we even bring charges? That's what the House is. There's an initial investigation even before that. So then you take it to the floor of the House. The House decides. By a majority, are you going to actually issue articles of impeachment? You draw them up, you get them done, you vote. Then that's when the rest of the trial happens. So what typically you would call the trial, and the trial, the jury members are the senators. So you've got a super majority you've got to do there. So yeah. that is right. It's three. Investigation, yeah. articles, trial. So, sounds like a lot of work. Can we just get just get Comey in there? Pretty pretty much. <laughs> do, who's the, uh, who's, who acts cover. as the prosecutor for, for impeachment? Do you know? Mm, I don't or is it somebody who's appointed? Who acts I don't recall. I'm curious. Comment, no. let somebody let us know. Is, well, you know, no, I think it, it comes or, from. No, it would be. I would imagine from this, it would be related to the investigation. I would but think that's so. The but the problem is the investigation is. said there was no collusion. So that basically, at that point, is right. the investigation. I think obviously you have the. Well, House that's a special place. prosecutor for the investigation. I don't know if he would then carry over if. Well, no, but those would be the charges because they would have been well, brought. I know what I'm saying. Who acts as the prosecutor? But in terms of the individuals, it's probably a specially appointed prosecutor. Okay, I have no idea. All right, let's go to the next clip. One area where we already have considerable evidence against Trump is obstruction of justice. It's huh? a very oh, wow. serious <laughs> allegation. It was among the articles of impeachment it is a serious allegation. It is. and Clinton. Obstruction was also half of Robert Mueller's report. It is a serious allegation. Very. That's why you it made is. it. <laughs> it would be a serious allegation for me to accuse you of rape, you rapist. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That would be bad if it were true. Yes. Rapist! It doesn't make any just, sense at all. Proof. Please. And he's right, by the way, that both Nixon and Clinton had articles of impeachment yeah, brought against him. Obviously, uh, Nixon resigned, uh, but uh, partly because of obstruction. So, mm. understood, but that's where the comparison of Nixon and Clinton with Donald Trump ends. Huh. Why? What could, let me ask you guys, what could hmm. possibly be the difference between Nixon, Clinton, and Donald Trump? Why is one not like the other? Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't go until half-Asian Bill Richmond joins in. <laughs> Don't I try to hold up. I like what you're doing. It's entertaining to me. You need to do it. <laughs> oh, the he's not a team player. Actually, have they committed the crime? Oh, that's oh, they're right. guilty. They were actually guilty that's of the a big crime. Difference. Watergate did happen. Clinton did commit perjury, lying about lying. intern sexes. Yep. Ooh, all yeah. the sexes. All he the had sex all the sexes with, the with all the interns. That's just the one we he caught. chose poorly. <laughs> And this is one thing, too. I don't know how there can be obstruction if there isn't an underlying crime. There's, right. There would have to be a corrupt motive. Think about it for a second. Second, And I want to go to Half Asian Bill on this. Yeah. Two key words, obstruction and justice. So I'm just going to go by yeah. the legal dictionary from Cornell. Are they reputable, Cornell, I assume? Cornell is a good university. All right, okay. <laughs> obstruction, <That's my> cousin. <laughs> impeding, stopping, blocking. <laughs> justice, a concept of fairness or moral rightness. In this case, as it relates to a ruling or finding... Okay, so we know President <laughs> Donald Trump didn't commit any collusion. Yeah. Right. So in this case, what would justice, what would be justice? The conclusion that no collusion <laughs> occurred? What did Trump do? He screamed and he yelled, yes, he threw tantrums over the fact that no collusion occurred. <laughs> How is that, that's not obstructing, that's assisting yeah. justice. Exactly. Are you not allowed to defend yourself in any way? Yeah. Like, what is a, the, what's the 
Can someone, here's, how do you uh, accuse someone, how is someone, I guess, found guilty of obstructing justice if they are innocent of a crime and they were the entire time saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, trying to let everyone know? I mean, what, can you be obstructing justice? Sure, so, so there's a difference between defending yourself, defending you know, yourself in the course of the proceedings and obstructing the process of right. the, both the prosecution and the defense. So right. for example, obstructing justice would be threatening witnesses, getting rid of witnesses, that's also witness tampering, right. getting rid of evidence, Effective. Um, you know, pulling the fire alarm before the trial is supposed to go. Call the old Clinton throwback. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've done all, all kinds of things like that. Whereas yeah. defending is getting evidence, countering it, responding to it. Here in this process with the Mueller report, there's a question about what, it's not like a normal trial, He's conducting his own investigation. He has powers that he's able to talk to certain people, do certain things. And what they're saying is essentially if the president wants to speak out in a way that people find offensive, that his offensiveness is what is now the obstruction of justice, yeah. right? right? So but what, yeah. we didn't, what we didn't find within the Mueller report or even uh, the other speculation that comes out, you hear the words obstruction of justice, but you don't see the underlying facts that would say how was justice actually obstructed? And I think, Gerald, you brought a good point up before the show talking about what actually happened? What were the bad acts that actually occurred yeah. that obstructed justice? And that's where we come up wanting. Yeah, and the AG even said, and I know we're going to get to it probably in a second, but the AG said there wasn't enough evidence. Well, he said, yeah, it's, for it's tough to be acting and, with corrupt motives. Your motives are that you're innocent. That's actually yeah. from, from Barr. Yeah, there you go. See? That, and, and also the uh, the deputy AG said, not enough evidence. Like, these are two, two of the brightest minds in legal jurisprudence. Well, <laughs> so, not allegedly. if you listen to John Oliver. I think we have more, co- oh. we, we have more clips to get oh, to. Yeah, All right, like I said, do. paper thin. Here's why this really matters. But for Don McGahn, Trump might have stopped an investigation into himself. And if a president can shut down an investigation, he can basically do anything with no consequences. It's a yes. big, big deal. Wait, but, Trust but Trump... He didn't shut down an investigation. <laughs> exactly. Even when Trump was innocent, uh, Democrats forced the taxpayer to spend two years, $35 million yep. investigating him. He couldn't <laughs> even stop that. Quit acting like he's Nazi Thanos, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. So John Oliver sets this up by saying that there are 10 things. Bill, this is what you and I were talking about. There are right. 10 things that we could easily go after him for, for obstruction of justice. And the one thing that they pulled out, it had to be the top one, because that's the only one he mentioned, Never actually occurred. Right. Bill, is that a crime for me to think of doing something but never to actually do it? I'd like to see the list numbers two through ten. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was so thin. He's like, okay, but he said, but for this guy, his lawyer, we would he would have shut down the investigation. No, he would have fired Mueller. You know what they would have done after that? They would have appointed another special prosecutor to finish it out. Right. It wouldn't have just gone away. The investigation was not stopped. It no. was an incredibly yeah. expensive and useless but investigation. But he doesn't say that. He just assumes that's the crime. Well, he goes on to talk about the sort of the, the precedent, I guess. He doesn't use the word, if I'm not mistaken, that it sets. Next clip. To be honest, the thing that's tipped the scales oh, now he's me being honest. is yes. remembering that not opening an inquiry comes with consequences too. Because it essentially huh? sends the message that the president can act with impunity, which is a dangerous precedent well, to set. Hold on, hold on a second. What message? That to the left, you're now guilty Jeez. until proven innocent, unless you're a black guy waving an accurate scale replica gun at passersby in the park. I get it. It's uh, yeah. just there are different strokes. <laughs> if an investigation finds nothing, this is what this is the message that's been sent. Okay, yeah. He's talking yeah. about the message that would be sent had Donald Trump stopped the investigation. Right. The message that is sent right now is that Democrats, the left, will destroy you. There will be a witch yes. hunt. It doesn't matter if you're innocent. It doesn't matter what you've done. We've learned that no. from Kavanaugh, Covington kids, all Trump supporters who've been tarred and feathered as racist, yeah, yeah. and Jesse Smollett. We're just seeing it all over yeah, again. Yeah, and essentially they're going with the ends justify the means. Trump, again, back to the starting point. Trump is so bad, 
anything that we do to get him out of office is warranted. Right. Because he will destroy the country. By the way, of course we don't want a president to be able to stifle an investigation into what he did wrong. No, no we one's have protections. That. We have protections for that. And they act like it would have happened. They act like the entire system would have come crumbling down if Mueller had been fired. And that's not accurate at all. What do you put the over-under on uh, Donald Trump being impeached? I can't see where it's you're looking with those glasses. <laughs> it's on you purpose. think he's going to be impeached? It's, it's definitely going to happen. You it, really it, think it No. I think it's a political no, stunt. What? Uh, as a political stunt, the articles will be drawn up. Do I think the actual trial uh, will happen? Well, no. Yeah. Again, hold on, hold on. Let's let's you, think the, you think the articles will be drawn up? I, I, I am, I am confident that there's a substantial chance that that's going to happen. Can we make a bet? Can can Bill? That was a lot a of lawyer speak. I am yes. confident that there's a substantial <laughs> chance. Substantially, statistically, sixty percent of the time, it's definitely going to be <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to make a bet. All right. So I think that the the House will not vote on impeachment. I'm going to make it specific. I will bet you. A breast reduction surgery. Oh no! Here's what. Here's the deal. Whoever loses, whoever loses, has to dress up as a woman the next time they're on the show. Uh, well, I mean, but you, you do that like anyway. Doing it? No, I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. I mean, I, they this is my swan song. Like, this is my farewell. And you raise your hand and you're like, no, no, me, there me, me. There you go. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like you're warming up your vocal I'm trying cords. to get me, these me, boobs. Me, How do you ladies me, deal with me, these me, things? Me, Good me. lord, they're all in place. Look, Miss Roseanne Barr, we'll 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 bet a case of wine. A case of wine? Yeah. All right. Now he's in your house. You take a lot. Okay. Twist my okay. arm. All right. Deal. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next clip. Don Jr.'s failure to alert the FBI when Russia offered them intel during the campaign, and his response was appalling. Should he have gone to the FBI when he got that email? Okay. Let's I think put it's yourself hysterical. in a position okay. here, Congressman. Okay. Somebody comes Look. up and says, hey, I have information on your opponent. Do you call the FBI? I don't it's think. Coming from I'll Russia, tell you what. You do. I've seen a lot of things over my life. I don't think in my whole life I've ever called the FBI. In my whole life, I don't. You don't call the FBI. This is somebody that said we. How have many people who are laughing at him for that? You called the FBI. Right. All yeah. Let exactly. me call the FBI. <laughs> like, me a break. I do it life every week. The FBI out. director says that's what should happen. The FBI director is wrong. Okay. Boom. There is so much in there. No, Your Honor, the defense is wrong. wrong. <laughs> Here's, first off, no info changed hands, okay? No. And here's the crazy part. This is something that no one, they, they, again, this is predicated the impeachment on because there's no no collusion. Right. There hasn't been any proof of obstruction. Right. So now it's, well, hold on a second, maybe there was information exchange. When people talk about Trump Jr. meeting with the Russians, the Russians they met with worked for Fusion GPS. Oh. I feel like I've been saying this until I'm blue in the face. The same Fusion <laughs> GPS that the Clinton campaign hired to create the hoax steel dossier. very awkward. We know that for a fact. So Oliver is in disbelief that Trump didn't call the FBI about the Russians offering dirt, but Hillary Clinton actually paid Fusion GPS, <laughs> the firm who worked with those Russians, to create a fake dossier to influence the election. I, I, I'm, it is amazing to me that it hasn't been covered more. I, I think it should be, and it's it's a bit of confirmation bias here, right? He's, he's basically just discarding any information that would impeach the libs or Democrats and going after Trump. But also, yeah. that that's a gotcha question, right? So if Trump answers that question any other way and says, oh, well, yeah, in the future, if somebody comes to me with this information, oh, so you know it's wrong and you shouldn't have done it then. Yeah. He can't answer mm. that question any other way than just kind of sticking to it and going, come on, that's not how the world works. Right. Right? So I think he would have been in some and legal by the way, trouble. This, do you notice that if anything bad happens, it, it comes back that they blame it on pre on President Trump? And listen, I list okay, let me let's be real. The guy's an okay? Yeah. We can all admit yeah. like he's an that's yeah. his biggest crime here. No, you rug, okay, the FBI sucks. We get it. Like he's yeah. kind of a dick, but he's not guilty of these crimes. Two things can be true at once. Right. Yeah. It is remarkable to me that we are talking, and this is what they blame it on Trump, that people have lost faith in the institutions of uh, American institutions like the FBI. Oh, gosh. No, you know why? Because we see that they can be used as political yes. weapons. That's yeah. the issue. Why don't we talk about the problem rather than the fact that Donald Trump is 
foolishly complaining about a valid problem. I do get whiplash when kind of reviewing the articles that talk about Trump and they kind of vacillate between he's an evil genius and he's an evil idiot. And it's like, well, which one (laughs) is he? Is he the person that you see in public where you say, you know, I probably wouldn't have tweeted that or said that or wrote that or done that. I mean, you know, okay, get it. Some of the stuff is offensive. Some of the stuff is stupid. Some of it's clearly not thought off. It's a little shoot from the hip, but that's a big world away from actual obstruction of justice actual crimes actual impeachable offenses right. yeah and, and and so now you see the articles they don't talk about any one individual i actually saw a, a fairly left-leaning article talk about look any one of these individuals if you impeached him here you'd impeach everyone so yeah. instead what they're saying is if you add it all cumulatively and you ignore the the you know any kind of general standard for being a crime which is what clinton was impeached over yeah. and you impeached uh andrew jackson was over a crime as well you go ahead and you say, oh, even higher than that, well, let's just say just generally being not great image-wise. Image and right. there are now articles yeah, exactly out there right. from prominent professors saying, if the guy doesn't look like the guy that you would want to be in office, Impeach. that's impeachable. Oh, my right. gosh. Wow. That's a good point. Well, it is a broad point. But here, here's the scary part about this. You're, it's basically all these claims, they're basically becoming like the car alarm or a dog. You can't hear them anymore. Right. The, the time yeah. that they come to you with something that is legit and actually really scary – the American people, the people that don't pay attention and read these stories, they're not going to listen because they're like, I've heard this from you before. That's why I was on Republicans when Obama was yeah. in office because we're going after every minute thing. I was like, look, he's got plenty of big things wrong that we can go after. Stick to the main things that matter. Don't yell at every single thing that happens. And that's yeah. exactly what they're doing on the left. Yeah, but I still wasn't a fan of Barack Obama. So. I wasn't either at you all. You score the points where you can get him, Gerald. Jeez. You're wrong. <laughs> the defense is wrong. I think we have one last clip here. Geraldine is right. I can't guarantee that impeachment will work out the way that you want it to because it probably won't. But that doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. Because if nothing else, we'd be standing by the basic fundamental principle that nobody is above the law. And in doing so, it would mean that when people tell dying relatives that we're doing everything we can to hold this president accountable, at least this time, it would actually be true. No, what you would be saying Uh, is that the rule of law doesn't matter, that someone isn't innocent until proven guilty, that no one is above the law. He's not above the law. The law found that there was no collusion. This is what, again, it's just based on the premise of Donald Trump thinks he's above the law. None of us think that he's above the law. No one in this room, by the way, I don't think anyone here, the Hillary Clinton voter, I don't know, no one in this room (laughs) thinks that President Trump is above the law. That's not what we're saying. What we are saying is, just like the Covington kids, just like Jesse Smollett, just like uh, all of the hate crime hoaxes that we've gone through this last year, does almost all of the Black Lives Matter crimes that turn out to be hoaxes. Someone is innocent until proven guilty. Whether it's the president, whether it's an officer, or whether it's some kid in a red hat being screamed down by black Hebrew Israelites who think white people all go to hell. That's reasonable. Yeah, I think it's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> but like, he doesn't make one point here. Is like, it might not work out as you hope. But we have to, okay, first off, I don't agree with the second part. But right. I do agree with that first part. You're right. It might not end up as the left hopes. Yeah. Let's go through it. Walk it through. Okay, best case scenario, Trump gets removed, and you get President Pence. I don't know. Maybe I'll sign on for that. If you sign on the dotted line, I will too. We have to get going to uh, Senator Ted Cruz, half-Asian Bill. Gerald, uh, go change your breasts. I am. It's known as the jewel of the Caribbean Sea, a place where the Andres Mountains paint a picturesque backdrop against our sandy white beaches and mountains of cocaine. A place where we live by the words of our poet laureate,
Pablo Escobar. Life is full of surprises, some good and some not so good. A place where the warm surprise of a fair trade cup of coffee is as likely to greet you as the savory aromas of a ripe plantain or a key of nose candy. A place where a hike through our lush forests, no destination in particular, can lead you straight into the wonders of one of our infamous drug cartel hideaways as you ultimately find yourself on the timeless journey of being sold into the professional sex slave trade. A place that's pure Colombia. Hey there, YouTube viewer. As part of our tribute to Colombia, we've actually put together something pretty special for those who are subscribed on iTunes or wherever uh, audio podcasts can be heard. An exclusive for the audio listeners, Sleep Sounds of Colombia, a collection of sounds from the relatively still Colombian night with frequencies optimized uh, for concentration and relaxation. So it's exclusively available on iTunes or where the audio podcast can be found. Uh, please subscribe there. Here's a sample. Tu tienes sueno. Te sientes pesado. Tu cuerpo está pesado. Tus brazos están pesados. Tus ojos están pesados. Tus ojos se están cerrando. Do no Dios mío, Dios mío, por el favor, Dios mío. We here at Ladder with Crowder are nothing if not sadomasochists. So next Thursday, we're putting ourselves through an entire night of Democrat presidential primary debates with the remaining 42 candidates who've made the cut. Tune into our live stream from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, June 27th, where we'll also be wrapping up Cultural Appropriation Month with a salute to the United States of America. Come join us for laughs, drinking games, guests, and giveaways as we heckle the best the left has to offer and attempt to prevent the stream from crossing into the realm of gross, self-inflicted <laughs> physical abuse. All right, very glad to have our next guest. You know uh, what the nickname is for our, our next guest? What is it? In uh, the Senate, they call him his last name Missile. Oh, yeah. See, I for get people it. who don't know, people who are uh, trying to guess, uh, you can funny. follow him on the Twitter at. Ted Cruz, uh, Senator, longtime favorite of the show. Senator Ted Cruz, thank you for being back, sir. Uh, it is great to be with you. I, I, I must say, comrade, it, it seems to me you've gotten a new shirt. <laughs> yes, yes, this is cultural uh, we're to, to appropriate us to appreciate. So yeah. Colombia is the country of the the day-to-day. -day. And actually, uh, one of our wonderful producers here is Colombian. So he's the one who's uh, made sure to double-check for accuracy. Now, you <laughs> did you plan this? We were just talking about this before the break. The sort of Civil War mutton chop mustache looking. It's, it's, uh, you know, it ju ju just happens to be God's God's coloration. It's beautiful. Uh, but, 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 you know, I, I will say, look, with everything around, I mean, I mean, listen, Stephen, you know my dad. My dad fought in the Cuban Revolution. I'm feeling very at home right here. Well, Although he didn't have the keys of Coke. That, 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 this that, is that's true. Probably a step yeah. too far. To be clear, this is just, just uh, what is in this, actually? It's just foam. It's foam. That's all yeah. it is. I just want to make sure, obviously, right, we don't get sure any it's foam. Yeah, I don't want the it's DA cold. to kick your door in as a result of this interview. Well, I don't want bad. them to run an investigation on you, so that's why I needed to clarify that it's foam. Uh, okay, speak, there's so much to get to, uh, Senator Cruz. Uh, first off, for people who don't necessarily know, you've been working with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on a, on a bill that would prevent members of Congress from becoming lobbyists uh, after they leave. 
I mean, this is a story about, about two people obviously coming together could not be more different. So I know you have to say we work well together and also, but uh, honestly, how is it, like, how do you two get along when you're in a room together? Well, look, we still haven't met. So, oh, so this wow. is an example of, of the wild, wild west of Twitter. And, and Twitter is, is sort of an insane through the looking glass place. Uh, but it also allows some pretty uh, amazing collaboration. So, so all of this started because AOC sent a tweet right. uh, where she said uh, she was, uh, there was a study that just came out of former members of Congress from the last Congress, and, and over 60% of them had become lobbyists. Right. And, and so she sent a tweet and said, this is terrible. We should, we should prohibit former members of Congress from becoming lobbyists. Okay. And, and I saw that. And, and that's a position I've long taken. I mean, when I was running for president in 2016, I campaigned on a lifetime ban for members of Congress becoming lobbyists. Sure. And, and so yeah. I wrote an op-ed on it. It's, it's a position I've been out there already. So I saw it uh, and I sent, sent out a retweet and said, I agree. Uh, let's work together. Let's make this happen. And, and, you know, look, I've got a social media team. They send a lot of tweets on my behalf. That one was not from my team. That was me on my phone hammering it out. And, and Twitter kind of went crazy. I mean, I mean, it, it, uh, I think one of my favorite comments is someone put out the clip from Ghostbusters of, of Bill Murray saying, cats and dogs living together, Armageddon. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, yes. You know, everyone went nuts, but, but our teams have been meeting together and I, I hope we can, come together, agree on a simple, clean bill, and I hope we can get it done. I'm not going to lie. That was a, a fake laugh because I haven't seen – I've only seen the re redux version of Ghostbusters, oh, oh, along with God, Russell Brand's goodness. Arthur. Uh, I oh my. You are now making me feel really ancient and old. I'm, I'm joking. Let's not open that whole can of worms. The Ghostbusters thing, there is no <laughs> – no one will be happy if we discuss it. But let me ask you this, though. This was before, obviously, recently AOC's gotten into a lot Tonight, of – You need to go home and watch the original <laughs> Ghostbusters and the original Arthur. I have a Brand was okay, but he can't touch the original. No, no, I'm, I'm joking. It's a sore spot. We had someone who worked on this show who had not seen either of those. And I was going, yeah. what? Yeah. What? How could you have never seen the original Arthur? It's a perfect comedy. I am I was about to be deeply, deeply concerned and like stage an intervention. No, so no. What's not needed. I don't, I'm glad that's not the case because we need you to return on the show. Many guests just drop out. Uh, they never come back, and, and rightfully so. But this has been since the obvious. Oh, she, she just did. She's gotten into, yeah, she's gotten into a lot of uh, uh, hot water for the concentration camp comments. What's it like where, you know, this is someone who is obviously a firebrand and conservatives uh, – obviously disagree with her and you you have to express disagreement but then still work with them what is that like is it kind of like you know two fighters you find out some their friends behind the scenes i mean it's it's really foreign to a lot of americans to imagine working with someone that hostile toward your worldview oh look we'll see what it's like as i said we haven't met i imagine we will at some point mm -hmm. my general view I'm, I'm happy to work with with anybody if we're working on good policy actually like a week or two later he sent a tweet saying that, that birth control pills ought to be available over the counter, that you shouldn't need a prescription uh, for them. That's also a position I've long supported. I think that makes sense. So I did the same thing. I retweeted it and said, great, we agree here. Let's work together. Um, and my view on policy, listen, if there's good substance, I'll work with anybody on it. Right. And that doesn't mean you refrain from disagreeing on other issues. So when, when AOC embraces socialism when she chases Amazon and their 25,000 jobs out of, out of New York. Yeah. Um, I, I am perfectly happy to point out how terrible that is uh, for the people she represents and what a, what a terrible idea socialism is. Well, as she calls it, a big win. 
the New York Amazon yeah, leaving. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a disconnect there between, yeah, between her and her <laughs> constituents. So let me ask you, on another note, you also uh, proposed a measure that would place term limits on congressional yeah. members. Yes. And here's something, this is something, uh, a topic that's been wildly popular with most Americans at large, uh, largely unpopular with congressional members, uh, term yep. limits. By, so uh, let me ask you, do you ever worry that congressional members uh, after this and not allowing them to become lobbyists and uh, that they might approach you in an alleyway with a lead pipe? You know, that's kind of how they approach me anyway. Is so, it? Okay. So, so, so I pretty much assume that risk. Uh, the, the, the nice thing is most members of Congress are really not that scary in a dark alleyway. That's probably true. Um, I, you, you know, a lead pipe, you're more likely to get a paper cut from them than an actual real injury. So so I think you're, you're pretty safe here. Yeah, but I would imagine that like, the, this would rub a lot of career politicians the wrong way. I mean, you're talking about taking away being a career politician and then also the ability when you're not really a politician but to work in the Beltway in D.C. as a lobbyist. That's what a lot of people do, including Republicans, by the way. Yeah. Once they achieve office, all of their net worth is gained at uh, you know the public yeah. dime. Yeah, no, that, that that is absolutely right, and it's one of the things the American people are fed up with is the is the culture of corruption of Washington. You know, you know what a lot of people call the swamp. You know, President Trump was elected to drain the swamp. That is the swamp. It's 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 the corrupt world where people come, they become career politicians, they stay here forever and ever and ever. They amass power, they amass wealth, uh, and then at some point they cash out and they get even more power and wealth. And 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 that corruption is not good for the American people. Um, you know, term limits has been something I've, I've always supported. Mm -hmm. But once I got elected to the Senate and saw it firsthand, I now support it a thousand times more because this place, it is corrupting. Just this week, I chaired a hearing on term limits, a constitutional amendment right. to impose term right. limits, to limit senators to two six-year terms, to limit House members to three two-year terms. Uh, I, I've authored that amendment. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. This is an issue with overwhelming support across the country. Over 80% of Americans support term limits, and, and it cuts across party lines. Vast majority of Republicans support term limits, but the same is true of Democrats, of independents. Vast majority of African Americans support term limits. Vast majority of Hispanics support term limits. You know, the one group that doesn't support term limits Career politicians yes, in Washington. That's what I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it seems to make a lot of sense. Now, you said you've now felt that it's even more important since coming to Washington. Do you see a difference in the way these people do their jobs or govern or um, vote when they yes. intend to be career politicians? Yes, and, and, and it's a series of sort of gradual compromises. Mm -hmm. um, the dominant instinct in, in Congress is risk aversion. Right. Uh, people desperately want to get reelected. You know, there's an old joke that politics is Hollywood for ugly people. Yeah. Uh, Although now Hollywood is, is becoming Hollywood for ugly people. Yeah. Well, that's mainly yeah. just yeah. HBO. Yeah. 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 That's, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, what happens, and it's interesting, like I'll get asked in town halls, I'll, I'll get asked, look, do, do members of Congress, do they believe anything? Do they just come up there? Are they faking it? And you know, I actually think most members of Congress on, on both Democrat and Republican, they run initially. They believe some things. They want to go make a difference. They, they believe what they're saying typically on the stump. And it's a little bit, I drew an analogy. I've drawn this analogy before. It's a little bit like the Godfather movies. You think of all three Godfather movies, the, the, the central arc of the narrative mm -hmm. is Michael Corleone, the good son, making rationalization after rationalization, small decisions that on their own seem right. So his dad, Vito Corleone, is going to be targeted for murder. So, of course, Michael's got to step up and save his dad. 
Right. And this whole string of seemingly small rationalizations ends up in all three movies with him becoming, you know, a massive mass murderer. Right. Uh, that, that's a little bit how Congress is, where people get elected. They want to do something. They believe in something. And then they say, well, but before you can do that, you got to get reelected. So make this little compromise. Make this little compromise. And what happens is because people are so obsessed with staying here, they don't make the hard decisions. They don't take on the big issues. And that's how government grows and grows and grows. That's how we get a, a $22 trillion national debt. Right. I don't fully understand the character arc reference, as I have only seen Godfather 3. Uh, our entire <laughs> Come on. team here at Water with Crowder. Uh, very grateful, by the way, that you uh, support us through this whole sort of Google, YouTube, Vox, poc adpocalypse, demonetization. By the way, was that, was that you or was that your team? I want to make sure I'm not getting no, you. That was all me, too. No, no, that, that was me and pissed off. Well, I, and I appreciate it. And you, you, you didn't have to do that. And a lot of you got on Twitter. A lot of people haven't waded into this. Um, let me ask you this. How does this relate to this sort of antitrust probe that's going on right now? Are there any developments we should be looking out for? Look, I, I think that is a, a very serious development. The, the big tech media companies, I mean, they have a, a hubris. That they, they, they behave as if they're untouchable. And, and you're seeing growing concern uh, on both sides of the aisle, among Republicans and Democrats, with the enormous power uh, of the big tech media companies. You know, one of the more stunning moments uh, a few months ago, Elizabeth Warren tried to buy ads on Facebook saying that Facebook should be broken up under the antitrust law. Mm -hmm. And Facebook blocked her ads. Right. <laughs> I mean, it really was it, it was a level of arrogance, even for big tech, that was quite remarkable. Do, do you and, and, and so Elizabeth Warren, she tweeted out and said, this shows that there's too much power in a handful of big tech companies that, that they can censor speech like this. And I did something I'd never done before. I retweeted Elizabeth Warren. I said, that's exactly right. Wow. We should not have a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires deciding who gets to speak and who doesn't. That's really, really dangerous. I would never run the risk of retweeting Elizabeth Warren because I'd be worried that she would call me. I don't know if you watch her Instagram, she calls up <laughs> random donors like, well, Todd, thank you for your $5 donation. I'm just here drinking a beer. I'm one of you. I'm like, no, please don't call me. Um, I'm sorry, that was far too calm and natural. I saw her launch <laughs> video. I believe it was like this Sudsy beverage yes. <laughs> is, I believe, called a beer. Yes. An ale of some sort. Mmm, delicious. An ale, of course, is yes. a top fermenting yeast. Yes. I am <laughs> drinking one of these beers. I, it really was. I was like, all right, this was like, this is an SNL skit, right? This is it, not actually. Done. It is, it is so much cringe when I tune into the, it and this is, not, this is nothing, this is not a personal slighter. It just is very uncomfortable to watch. It's yeah. one of my most favorite things to tune into is her Instagram because I go, <gasps> It's like that aunt who speaks out at a party. She's like, please, just don't say the things that you're just probably going to say. Um, let me ask you this. So going back to big tech, do you think that there is really a concerted and proactive attempt from the people, you know, the helm, people helming these companies, like Susan Wojcicki, like Mark Zuckerberg, to try and shape the national dialogue? So I do. Um, I, I think Facebook has admitted, for example, they have 15,000 people engaged in nothing but content review, going through people's posts and deciding what posts are allowed, what posts are not. Uh, we've seen Twitter, their conduct has been terrible. I, I chaired a hearing several months ago on censorship among big tech, and we had Twitter and Facebook testify. We're going to be having Google testify coming up later this summer. And, and, and by the way, 
you know, I, I intend to ask them about about demonetizing you. I mean, you know, you look at their conduct with you. They explicitly said you didn't follow their policies. They said, they they said I did. Yeah, I didn't violate the policies. Yeah, you didn't violate their policies. But they decided to demonetize you. By the way, that is a very Orwellian word. Yeah. You are demonetized. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for someone's boss to call them in at their job and say, well, Billy Boy, today we've decided to demonetize. Right. I mean, I mean that. <laughs> Just you know, strip off your back. <gasps> yeah. And, and who gave them that power? And the problem is they are monopolies and they're using that monopoly power. Right. To try to censor speech. And so I did just this week. Uh, Washington Post had their tech reporter. Uh, we did about, I don't know, about a half hour program in front of a bunch of folks here talking about big tech and censorship. We talked about you quite a bit. Oh, geez. And, and, and this Post reporter was complaining, well, but, you know. Crowder insulted this reporter. I said, okay, fine. You know what? Insults are protected under the First Amendment. You don't like insults? I, I told the reporter, pick up my Twitter feed right now. I guarantee you there are hundreds of people insulting me, cursing at me. I mean, every creative insult. Actually, I prefer the creative insults to the boring insults. Yes, yeah. Some, sometimes you want to hire them as a writer. They sting so badly. You're like, oh, wow, that mo really is growing. And look, it... If this reporter doesn't like what you're saying, there is a way to deal with it, which is you respond. He can argue that you're full of crap. He can insult you and say you look like some communist gorilla with a bazooka, which actually wouldn't be an insult, just be an accurate. It'd be accurate, yeah. At this point, Um, though, I don't necessarily know if the if the cartels are communists. I think they're just. I think they're technically capitalists, but they don't pay. They're not big on taxes. I don't know where they line up exactly. But you know, it's funny. Washington Post that you mentioned this when they were writing an article, and this is the kind of you can speak to this obviously because you've had some negative press coverage from people at Washington Post. I'm sure, along with the president, not 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 even once. No, not even once (laughs) in their fact checking division. That's what I find so funny. They were writing up an article, and clearly they had interviewed people from Vox because this was a very lengthy article. And they sent an email through my website, through my merchandise uh, shop. Now, we have a contact form on the website for press inquiries. Instead, they went through the merchandise uh, section of the website, (laughs) contacted a guy who has nothing to do with the content at 6 o'clock at night and said, by the way, this is going to go up in an hour. So it didn't even get to me before it went up. And that's the kind of uh, sort of lies by omission that people never really know about. They had no intention of actually reaching me. And this is kind of the question where it comes back to big tech. You know, with Washington Post, I just assume maybe they're lazy. Maybe there's no uh, ill intent. Do you think it's a combination of, of both, of complacency with these big companies? Or do you think they really are proactively trying to, you know, p- pull one over on us? So I think it's a combination. Um some of it is deliberate. Some of it is just this is what they believe. So they define as hate speech anything they disagree with. So, for example, at the, the hearing that I chaired with Twitter and Facebook, um, I asked Twitter a question, is Mother Teresa hate speech? And I put up a tweet that Susan B. Anthony listed sent out. It was a tweet that had a picture of Mother Teresa and a quote from her where she said abortion is profoundly anti-women. Mm-hmm. And Twitter blocked it initially. It eventually let it go, but it blocked it for several hours. And, and I said, OK, so Twitter, I'm asking you here, is this hate speech? Is, is Mother Teresa hate speech? Now, the first response from the witness, he says, well, it depends on the context. <laughs> said, no, it doesn't. This is the whole context. 140 characters or less. It's a picture of Mother Teresa. These are the words. This was it. Let me provide you more context. It's Mother Teresa. Does that help? <laughs> and the fact that Twitter refused to answer if Mother Teresa is hate speech, and they still wouldn't in the course of those discussions, 
And, and look, one of the things that's frustrating about this issue is all of the argument is by anecdote. So we can talk ab about pro-life tweets being silenced. We can talk about Marsha Blackburn when she launched for Senate. Twitter blocked her launch video. Now, she was a sitting member of Congress. She's now in the Senate. Right. And Twitter decided because she had said that Planned Parenthood was selling the body parts of unborn children, that that was unacceptable speech and they would silence it. And, you know, when you ask them, as I have asked them at great length, well, tell me, have you ever blocked a tweet or a post from, from a Democrat? They won't answer it. Right. Have you ever blocked a, a tweet or a post from someone who's, 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 who's pro-choice? They won't answer that. And, and they are such a black box. So I can point to their demonetizing you, but you know what? Do you know everyone that, that YouTube is demonetized? No, we don't. So it's almost this antitrust probe is almost one big giant sort of uh, petition for information. That's how people yes. should probably look at it. That is exactly right. And, and, and I have, after Mark Zuckerberg testified in the Senate, um, I sent about 640 interrogatory specific questions to Facebook for them to answer, trying to provide some, some basic data. Yeah. For example, in the preceding year, how many posts by Democratic candidates for office did you suppress? How many posts by Republican candidates for office did you suppress? Now, virtually every the question, one of the questions I asked, they basically said, go jump in the lake. They refused to answer them. Right. Now, if you think about it, the big tech companies and, and a lot of liberal reporters, they say, well, this problem doesn't exist. You know what? Those data could exonerate them. If they came back and said, we blocked 3,207 3, by Republicans and 2,952 by Democrats? Right. Okay, that might actually say, okay, this seems more even-handed. On the other hand, if they came back and it was 10,000 Republicans and zero Democrats, that would raise a real problem. And we're told, trust us. Right. And, and one of the problems is the reporters, you take the Washington Post, you take all the reporters, they don't care about this issue. There used to be a time when journalists defended free speech, but... The, the attitude of most so-called mainstream reporters is because they agree politically, or rather they disagree with politically with the voices who are being censored, they're perfectly happy to see you demonetized or see you silenced because they don't like what you're saying. And that's a very dangerous thing. I think it's even uh, worse than that. I think it's because they're being swallowed. A lot of these mainstream media news outlets and a lot of these websites, I mean, shows like this do better than theirs. Or even if you compare it just to other late night shows like yeah. uh, Seth Meyers, Trevor Noah, they don't like that their old media model is being swallowed financially as well. So they have a vested yeah. interest in sort of keeping the powers that be. So whether it's political or it's financial, yeah, I think we just need to push for some transparency. We do have to get going. I didn't even have time to talk with you about, uh, about uh, Iran's civil nuclear waivers, which I know you just proposed. Um, well, I'm sure this is, Iran's not going anywhere, Senator, so we can talk about it next time, I'm sure. Well, I will say quickly, it was more than ironic as I was being interviewed by this Washington Post reporter when I asked, who on earth would want speech censored and decided by a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires? And, and it occurred to me seconds after I said that, oh, you mean like the guy who owns the Washington Post? Yes, yes. Um, and, and so, you know, you talk about being swallowed. That, that there is some of that of nothing to see here. No, no. Perfectly happy. Trust in Zuckerberg. We trust. Who's the only person, ironically, a little more robotic than Elizabeth Warren. So they would have non-humanoid children. All right, Senator Cruz, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate you making the time. Keep the beard. We dig it. I, I, I'll tell you, Diane Feinstein told me she hated the beard. 
And I told her, Diane, next thing you know, I'm getting Birkenstocks, a ponytail, and I'm coming after your base. <laughs> okay, well, that's a hate speech, I think. We're going to just censor that. Yeah, all right, we'll be back. Open this. your mind. Let us begin our quest to find the new sound. Sabes, creciendo como un chino culicagado en el país todo perivo, asolado por la guerra civil de Colombia. No tenía acceso a jarros sanitarios o modernos. Solo tenía un carnal en el radio que era una gonorrhea. Por eso estoy tan agradecido a Mugclub. No solo me dan este jarro con agua fuerte, pero más importante, tengo acceso a todos los shows diarios de Louder with Crowder y a todo el catálogo de Blaze TV. Amor, pon otra olla de café. Uno de los errores más comunes que cometéis es la, es la posición del cuerpo. Si yo coloco las piernas muy juntas y paralelas, la capacidad de basculación que tengo es mínima. Entonces, para que el movimiento salga bien, tengo que colocar las piernas bien separadas, con las rodillas y los pies eh, orientados hacia las diagonales y hacer una sentadilla, como sentarme. Y el culo tiene que estar un pelín basculado, nada de estar aquí, aquí. Y desde esta posición, todo lo que haga, el movimiento va a ir hacia atrás, nada de hacia adelante. Hacemos basculación fuera y dentro. Todo el movimiento que haga va hacia atrás. Trivia Box. Trivia Box. Trivia Box. What about Trivia Winner Box? Trivia Winner Box. Play LWC Trivia every Thursday starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern and you may get this extreme mystery box. called the uh, prideful Colombian drug lord Johnny Nance because I would imagine he'd be very prideful he would let the uh, he would let the, si. the, the, the the tide the current carry him away I have no idea um, si. by the way it's it's tough to tell like okay is it fr a Frenchman or a Colombian revolutionary it's I a fine can only line. tell by the I can only tell by the emblem it's a fine line pretty much the same thing yeah not far all the countries are inferior <laughs> to United States and they keep, they keep touching these bullets these rounds sorry Oh my gosh, the gun community is gonna get uh -oh. mad at me I know they're oh, gonna no. round in a bullet. I keep touching them on the chair, and I think it's piercing this chair What about the clip? It's very uncomfortable the clips the clip in the magazine uh, all right. Trigger discipline uh, we have a live stream by the way for those who uh, oh. haven't been uh, staying uh, staying tuned in next week next Thursday 
were live streaming the entire Democratic primary yep. presidential debates. Yep, yep. We were going to do Wednesday until we realized that the only worthwhile person in there was Elizabeth Warren. And yeah, I can just follow her Instagram if I, if, if I want the cringe to be yeah. so rich that I get gout. Yeah. I just go on Instagram. You said follow. So, but we have Biden and Bernie on Thursday, yep. and we'll have drinking games to follow. And of course, that is uh, capping off the uh, Cultural Appropriation Month for the first time with the United States of America. Oh, yeah. A lot of people say we have no culture. We, they're incorrect. About to show off, you. But we simply have the best culture. Tomato, uh, tomato. Yeah. You say tomato, we take your resources. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, so one or two, thanks so much for everyone, by the way, who's tuning into the, the, the Change My Minds yes. that we've been doing lately, and of course the support for Half Asian Lawyer Bill Richmond. We'll keep you uh, abreast as more unfolds with sort of the Vox Apocalypse in our channel. We're working on that. But one of the most touching things that actually happened this week were at uh, Change My Mind, and it's always amazing how, when people show up, how diverse it is, how many different kinds yeah. of people uh, who show up. The kind of people who should not be right-leaning, conservative, you know, sort of anti-authoritarian, alternative, political, whatever you want to call it. I know, because someone's like, ah, I'm technically a classical liberal. Just debate it out amongst yourselves in the comment <laughs> section, okay? I don't want to get too off into the weeds. But one of the most touching things there was, uh, there was this, uh, this uh, black gentleman who said that uh, these closing segments really helped him. Uh, we said particularly the theme of sort of delayed gratification that we talk about on here quite a bit. And uh, I, I really, for the man watching, I can't remember your name. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you making this happen. He was a member of Mug Club. You were a member of Mug Club. I assume that you're watching this, of course, on Blaze TV, more, more likely than not. Not watching yeah. it there instead of YouTube because notifications don't work. Yeah. Um, and having had a little bit of time this week being a little bit quieter, looking back at the previous two weeks is kind of the story du jour. Uh, there have been a lot of people writing about me, writing about everyone here, the show. Some of it true, a lot of it not, uh, both in the positive and the negative coverage. But uh, on the theme of delayed gratification, there was an article that I read. And I don't know if it was Washington Post or Daily Beast or Wall Street Journal. I, I, I can't remember wherever I read it, but it caught me off guard. It read something to the effect of Steven Crowder, whose overnight success. And I, and I, I just laughed. I laughed out <laughs> loud. I, I kind of... I kind of had to. Listen, let me be clear here. I would love to have been an overnight success. <laughs> My life would have been a lot easier. Uh, but it, it's just not honest. It couldn't be further from the truth. And maybe that's because I didn't have the talent, the connections, the pull, the ability. Maybe it's because I just wasn't good enough. But I've been here on YouTube since 2008 doing videos every single week since 2009. Ten years. And years of acting stand-up before that. And it was a slog. Uh, it took a lot of time to reach this pinnacle, if you want to call this that, <laughs> eh? where we are right eh? now, where you, where you trust me, where you trust us, where you've chosen this show with this team as your latent option. I, I truly can't thank you enough. Um, but I bring this up to reiterate a point that I've made before, and this kind of goes out to the gentleman who spoke with me at the Change of My Mind. Things don't always happen on your timeline. It's one of the most important aspects of life that people kind of talk about, but it doesn't really get driven home. Um, more than ever, I realized the necessity of accepting that. And not just for me, in this case, the overnight success, that's what made me think of it, but for everyone. Because you never know what's around the corner. Let me give you some examples here. Before then, we apply it to hopefully yourself, and hopefully this is helpful, I never know. Uh, I can remember at Fox News, probably eight years ago, uh, was sitting with the brass and pitching this show. This, this very show, right now that you're watching, was told it would never work. Uh, I was told by everyone that I approached, 
this wouldn't work, that conservatives don't like comedy, that they only want red meat. Same thing when I pitched my, my book, which by the way, was eff- it was effectively the premise for what became Change My Mind. It just wasn't a term back then. Social justice warrior wasn't a term back then. I, I referred to them as American idiots because this was in the era of Green Day. But I was told by every major conservative publisher uh, that those on the right only wanted Obama doomsday books, that uh, those are what sold. And all the non-conservative publishers I met with uh, went out of their way to tell me just how immensely unlikable both I and the book's concept were. So uh, at some points, too, by the way, I, be- I believe them. Uh, it's very easy to believe it when you're told that 10, 15, 20 times. But for some reason, I kept plugging away. Why? And here's why. Because sometimes you have to make a decision and stick with it. And it's hard to offer this as advice because I know that uh, sometimes you do need to correct. A lot of you out there in ruts that you do need to make some corrections. You do need to change course. And that's where for me, listen, prayer comes in. Not, not just for, not for things to happen. God's not a vending machine, uh, but you can pray for wisdom. Meditate, if you're, tantric, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? For me, it's prayer. You can pray for wisdom in your decisions and the ability to have peace on the follow through once you've made them. And sometimes, by the way, this is important for people to understand, that means a ton of work for not a lot of payoff, for a long time. And sometimes that means you'll be slogging away, you'll see other people hit that overnight success that you wish you could have had. And uh, I've had that, I've had that, uh, there have been a ton of people in this movement who've had that. You know, a great example of someone who, who blew onto the scene, uh, Milo, right? There's a guy who burst onto the scene, he was so talented, so charismatic, everyone just said, whoa, what blew into town? He was sharp. He was, he was magnetizing for a lot of people. They felt drawn to him, and rightfully so. Uh, there's people like Tommy Loren come to mind. She had a few viral videos, and boom, this massive audience. There was just something there that people craved. But for a lot of us, myself included, it doesn't happen that way. And you do need to guard your heart against jealousy. You need to find a way to take joy in other people's successes while continuing to plug away at your decision. So all along. Uh, these years. Everyone here, most people here, kept just plugging away. Some months we'd have great growth, some months we'd be a lot slower. Over 10 years, and that's what it took, uh, it took 10 years. I think about it, I say it out loud, that sounds odd. It took 10 years to reach this community that we currently have, that you, you guys, and I'm incredibly proud of it, not because of me, but again, because of you, because of people who come up at the events like Change My Mind. Change My Mind shouldn't exist. It shouldn't work. I was told by everyone that it would never work. It's antithetical to what works on television. And I say this because even in the face of the the Vox apocalypse, um, I I really am content to see the vast majority of you who watch, who support the show, you didn't bully. You didn't harass. None of you doxed. Not one of you, as far as I know. You argued ideas. And you stood your ground with us and defended the ideas that we all espouse together. And that's why I think you've, you've stuck around with this program. At least I'd like to think that's a big part of the reason why. Let me know, why have you stuck with us for all these years? People who've been around back since the 09 days. M- my point is that throughout 10 of those years though, about 10 of the 10 years, yeah, all years, um, 10 years of no, 10 years of it'll never work, 10 years of it can't be done, I did have to keep working and understand that things don't happen on my timeline. And it's so easy during that timeline to be taken out of your purpose to take an out. And if I'd have, for example, taken a post that was made available to me, a major radio market at one time, uh, but if I'd have done the kind of program they wanted me to do, this whole experiment right now would have ended. Uh, Sure, I would have made a chunk of change, but I'd be miserable, and we wouldn't be here. This program wouldn't be here. Mug Club wouldn't be here. Your support wouldn't be here. People often talk about delayed, uh, delayed gratification, but they don't use themselves as an example. 
because a lot of people want to seem like they're an overnight success, like they're just that good. I'm here to tell you, I'm not, okay? I'm here to say that, you know what, sometimes, and sometimes there isn't even delayed gratification. Sometimes you take the path less traveled, and sometimes it leads nowhere. We've done that on this program, big swing and a miss. But that's the exception to the rule. If you keep working, you keep plugging away, you don't take a shortcut, you don't take the easy way out. Pray, meditate for wisdom. Some of you will be overnight successes, but a lot of you may be like me. You may not be a show horse, you may be a Clydesdale. And guess what, that's okay. I don't know, I don't know what you are, but I do know what's most likely to be the scenario as to how this ends up for you. And I will say this, if you have a dream, if you have a vision, and you work tirelessly to fulfill it, you keep going, you don't care about the overnight success, you don't care about the immediate gratification, win, lose, or draw, you will ultimately be more fulfilled. And there really is nothing in life more fulfilling than giving something, everything you've got, for a long period of time, through spells of uncertainty, through the seeming imminent failure, and achieving something that people didn't think you could, regardless of scale. It could be something big, it could be something small. There's something to be said for accomplishing a task that people didn't think you could. And th this, this program, this house that we've built here, this team, it couldn't be further from an overnight success. And you know what? It could always be an overnight failure. That's the reality too. Tomorrow, YouTube could change their mind yet again, and this could all be gone. Uh, it doesn't matter though. I accept it, I'm humbled, I'm grateful, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And hopefully that helps someone out there, especially that gentleman from Change My Mind. Uh, we're not an overnight success, and most of you won't be. That's okay. See you next week. Livestream debates. <laughs>